2: You are listening to The
0: Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's
4: hour two on this Thursday. Fountain Blue Hotel. I can't decide if this is a good audience. They seem a little mean-spirited today. Is that just me? They seem a little mean-spirited today, Todd. But so are we. That's what makes them the best audience of the week cuz oh. that's how we are. Oh, that's uh, uh, you're pandering I once again. I that. Cuz I got well, the dad I, jokes. Dad has uh, da, uh, dad jokes <laughs> coming up. Now these are bad dad jokes or just dad jokes?
5: I'm going to just call them dad jokes and you can decide how good or bad they are. They usually lean So towards these the aren't bad supposed side. to be bad. They kind of are supposed to be bad, but clever, clever bad.
4: Give give us a for instance, one of your dad jokes. Now I have a dad joke for you. Go ahead. When does a dad joke become a dad joke? When it becomes apparent?
6: Okay. Bloop,
4: bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop. booze or bloops? I, I couldn't tell. No, no. Those are bloops. They're boo. not booze. No. All right, Todd. <laughs> All right. One of them would
5: be why did the inexperienced blackjack player throw a punch? Why did the inexperienced blackjack player throw a punch? I don't know. The dealer said, hit me.
4: <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no. no, that, that no. Was good. Oh, no, that's your audience. They, you love them, right? You got <laughs> to... Right, give us a good one. All right, give us a good one. <laughs> what that you, was. Oh, wh- that was a good one. Wow. Okay. Nice. Oh, boy.
5: What do you call a non-functioning craps table? What do you call a non-functioning craps table? Okay. I don't know. No dice. No
4: dice. <laughs> and that's what we it's should be saying it. to you about the rest of your dad <laughs> jokes. No dice. No dice. Put a big red X next to Stat oh. of the day brought to you by Panini America, <laughs> the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, gift bags are in-studio guests. We have uh, Keeper's Heart, Good Ranchers, Miller Lite, the original Louisiana brand, Hot Sauce, King's Hawaiian, and Traeger Girls. Coming up this hour, Dan Orlovsky of the Mothership. Chase Daniel, former quarterback. He was on the Saints team when they uh, won a Super Bowl. Joe Montana a little later on, and Deion Sanders. Poll question today for our two is going to be what, Seaton O'Connor? We got
6: up there right now, Dan. If you were an NFL player, would you rather have grass fields or legal grass? Uh, 85% of the audience have grass fields. We also have another one working today. Uh, Second best quarterback on the show today. Your options are Chase Daniel, Dan Orlovsky, and Joe Montana. Joe Montana right now. No, I'm kidding. kidding. No, No, but our next guest is currently leading that poll question at 47%. So so
4: Chase is leading Dan Orlovsky right now.
6: Yes, currently right now in this poll question, he has Beating Dan Orlovsky okay. and Joe Montana. Okay.
7: Yes. All right. Yes, yes Pauling. I mean, this comes down to one thing. I looked at Chase Daniel's stats. They're very good. You know, they're very good. Orlovsky. He's like,
4: a two-time Heisman Trophy finalist, I believe. I'll put
7: it this way. The Orlovsky or the Orlowski end zone thing will never go away. And oh, Chase Daniel, to my dear. knowledge, knows the end zone size. So he yeah.
4: never, he never <laughs> had that moment. Not that we can find him. We looked, believe me. Okay. So when Orlovsky was with the Lions, he famously was back to pass, and he kept going back to pass as if he was in the Canadian Football League, (laughs) and then realized that the end zone, you know, it's called the end zone, and he went past the end zone. Isn't it odd how some things just stick? Like, there's no real reason that that does other than it did, you know? But somebody else did that this year, but can you remember who did it this year? Paulie? I I can't. See, that's not fair to Orlovsky, because somebody else did the same thing. He's first man on the moon, though. He's Neil Armstrong running out of the end zone. Okay, that's fair enough. Nobody remembers Alan Shepard, I guess. Okay. Yes, John. And if
5: we're judging quarterbacks by Super Bowl rings, we do that a lot. I don't think Dan Orlovsky has a chip. But our next guest, I believe, has one with the New Orleans Saints.
4: Wait. Did you do research on? He, I did. I'm assuming Dan was, was I, not da, da, part of a Super Bowl da, da, da. I I just said that he won a Super Bowl with the New Orleans Saints. But we were
5: it. talking about comparisons in the poll question to uh, as far as Chase Daniel versus Dan That's
4: reason enough alone. Why don't you go back to your jokes? Why don't you work on those a little bit here? Okay. You we, did. You were you were the MVP yesterday. So
6: we have two guests today that could talk about going undefeated
4: in Super Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, Chase yeah. Daniel, just like Joe Montana, yes, never, in Super never Bowl. lost a Super Bowl. I wouldn't know what it's like to lose one, guys. I don't. That was funny when I asked Montana about that a couple of years ago. No, 4-0. Yeah. No. And then McLovin called him a system quarterback. That one was, and he's got what? Didn't he say, I got four system Super Bowls yeah, yeah. or something got, like that? I got four yeah. system yeah. rings. Man, I, oh, and it. Joe is always in a good mood. Joe is chill, and he when McLovin said that to him, it's like his eyes, the fire was like, what, what did you, you know, and then mcclubbin's like, oh, I just thought you were a system quarterback here. And Joe got really uh, agitated with him. And maybe we could relive that memory for Joe coming up next hour. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle DP Show. He's the former NFL quarterback, won a Super Bowl with the Saints, I believe, Todd. Two-time Heisman Trophy candidate at Missouri and host of the Chase Daniels Show on YouTube channel. He's been a great, great contributor to our show the entire season. Let's welcome Chase Daniel.
6: Hi Dan. Hi Dan. Hey,
8: guys.
4: Second best quarterback on the show today. I love yeah. this show.
8: Where did where, you put that poll at? Is it on Twitter? It's <laughs> on the Twitter. Okay, okay. Uh, Probably a lot of Missouri fans voting. So, are you a better quarterback than Dan Orlovsky? I don't know. Dan Dano... Daniel got to play a lot more than I did. So I, I think I gotta give the nod to him. Like I only started five games, so um in the league fourteen years. So I got him in terms of length, you know, in, in as far as the career. There he is right there. But I'm
7: gonna give I'm gonna give
8: I didn't even know he was there and I'm giving him the love. Like I, I gotta give it to him. Like he played a lot more than I feel
4: I feel bad Orlovsky just walked <laughs> yeah, in he's right and, there. and he's getting hit with who's the second <laughs> best quarterback on, on the show. It's uh, you, Montana, and Dan Orlovsky there. <laughs> Um, thanks for joining us yeah. all season long, and uh, you've made us smarter with things that you look at, uh, breaking down, uh, you know, game footage with yeah. the quarterback. Certainly, what does Brock Purdy do better than Patrick Mahomes? Well, I mean, that's
8: a that's a difficult question, right there. I, I do think that um, at least this year, like Brock Purdy has been throwing the football down the field, um, and you look at the evolution of Patrick Mahomes. He's really taken these short, intermediate passes, and it's honestly because he doesn't have the skill players like he used to. So you look at Brock, and we, and we talk about it all the time. I know Dan's done a bunch of segments on it. We've done a bunch of segments on it over at NFL Network, these layered throws. So over the top of these linebackers in between the safeties. And, um, look, his skill players are second to none. Brock Purdy, right? Like Brandon Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, CMC. You can go on and on. Jennings. Um, but I think that's probably the best thing I've seen on film this year. Like, you look at – Throws over 10 yards down the field. The dude is first in every single category. Um, So he's having a storybook year. um, But they haven't faced this Chiefs pass defense. This Chiefs pass defense is top five in the league. And I'm really looking forward to to how Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, attacks the right side of that offensive line for the 49ers because they have been really bad in terms of giving up pressure. And so that's something that... I think you're gonna see early in the game like you talk about all the time about Kyle Shanahan with these first 15 plays I'm looking at Steve Spagnuolo in these first 15 plays because they're gonna bring double edge pressure which they do a lot they're gonna bring stunts they're gonna put Chris Jones on the left side of the defensive line which is the right side of the O-line and we're gonna see this chess match sort of take place in the first quarter into the second quarter and that's usually when teams get settled into the Super Bowl because it's it's unlike any other game in the world obviously
4: but from a player standpoint, it takes a while to, to settle in. Okay, explain these layer throws yeah. that Brock Purdy does. Because I know you brought this up before, and other yeah. analysts have, that yeah. he, he does something that you know does take a lot of talent to be able to do that.
8: Well, the hardest thing, in my opinion, playing quarterback in the National Football League, like, is not throwing outside the numbers. When you're throwing outside the numbers, you can miss. If you're throwing to the left, you can miss left and outside, and it goes out of bounds. What he does is these layered throws is these are between 12 and 20 yards, and they're in the middle of the field. So they run a lot of wrap routes, a lot of dagger routes, a lot of in routes, and they have a lot of clear routes. And a lot of times on these clear to George Kittle, I mean, he threw one earlier this year to George Kittle. They're in this cover two look, and Kittle's just running right down the middle of the field, but he's has a Mike linebacker on him. I'm like, there's no way he's taking that throw. It's just a perfectly thrown football. So he has a lot of trust. Like, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but... The way he throws with rhythm and timing and accuracy like it, it's it's really impressive especially like people forget like the dude had massive elbow surgery yeah, before the year yeah. and he was ready for the year like there was a lot of talk is he not going to be ready is he gonna be ready and just what he's done in the first two years of his career back- to back NFC championship games a, a Super Bowl berth and like I, I I think Brock Purdy gets way too much like stuff talked about him like I, I don't think he gets enough credit and even if he wins a Super Bowl like I still think guys are going to keep making excuses
4: for him like he's not a good quarterback but how many quarterbacks have we said did anybody say well Mahomes has got all those weapons when he had Tyreek Hill and Travis and I never yeah. heard one person say that exactly now Troy Aikman went through this a little bit when the Cowboys with you know that offensive line yeah. you had Emmitt you, you had Mike and it felt like and Terry Bradshaw went through this with the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers but I don't know how many quarterbacks that we kind of single out and go, yeah, but look at all the weapons.
8: Well, I thought it was great, and, I, I'm, and I'm so glad that it was on opening night when Kyle Shanahan spoke about the game manager tag in Brock Purdy, and what he said was, of course you want your guy to be a game manager. Like, like that's part of the thing. He's like, you have to manage the game. You have to manage uh, if there's rain or if there's sleet or snow or what we're doing in the game. you got to be able to run the system, and you have to make plays outside of the system those are the three things he said he said brock purdy can do all those and so i feel like kyle feels like he finally has his quarterback like in 2019 when they lost he had jimmy g right matt ryan when they lost 28 to 3 and when he was coordinating the falcons and 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 i really think that brock is really brought into that and i and i thought that was really great for shanahan to say that And I think it softens some of the haters a little bit because when the head coach is saying it, and everyone knows, right, the resume that Kyle Shanahan has, but Shanahan needs to win one, right? Like, like his his legacy is a little bit on the line. A lot of people aren't talking about, and he's gonna be tied with Brock because honestly, mystery relevant. There was a story yesterday that said they didn't, they almost didn't even take Brock Purdy, Uh, and and so it was it was an interesting story. But I think that's the biggest thing for us. And what people that have known and know football have been talking about all year long is Brock Purdy, in my opinion, is a top five quarterback this year. Like, he has played like a top five quarterback. Forget about the weapons. That's good. Like, give John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan some love because they surrounded him with it. And they surrounded him with this, but you still have to go out there and make the plays. Okay, so top five quarterback. You would have Mahomes in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dak. Well, uh, yeah, Dak is yeah. I mean, look, this year, yeah, I would say absolutely like
4: Lamar Jackson, Dak So Purdy. just performance this year. So yeah. Joe Burrow's not in there because he didn't just play. for pure performance this okay. year. Okay. Who yeah. else is in their top five?
8: Well, I think it's I think it's Mahomes, uh in no order. I think it's Mahomes, Purdy, Dak, uh Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, obviously. Like Josh Allen's whole issue this year was turnovers. I mean, they were six and six in December. And they rolled off five straight to get into the playoffs. Had that two seed. Obviously, you run into a brick wall with Patrick Mahomes going on the road for first, first ever playoff game. But he played really well. And if if they would have won, and he wouldn't have turned the ball over as much, he'd be probably in the MVP talk as well.
4: But it feels like we try we go out of our way to promote Josh Allen. Yeah, and he hasn't he hasn't gone to a what a conference title um. game. Yeah. And, and it felt like we denigrate Brock Purdy, but we, we're, we're trying to put Josh Allen up there with Patrick Mahomes, and, and he's just not there yet.
8: No, he's not, and the reason is because he hasn't been able to get past Patrick Mahomes <laughs> three times in the playoffs. So he's always run into Mahomes in the playoffs for three of the four years I think he's been in. And so Purdy's going to get through that right now, right? He's running into Patrick Mahomes. So, you, you know, to to be one of the best, you got to beat the best, and the stats are always there for Josh, right? That's not what we look at we look at the really bad turnovers at times and I will say like once Joe Brady came in as offensive coordinator that really was a catalyst like they ran the ball a lot more they were over 50% run they didn't ask Josh to be superhero and make superhuman throws but what they did do is they just play within the offense and I think that's obviously why you saw Joe Brady get the job and 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 continue to take the interim tag off and I think it's been really really good marriage between those two guys because a lot of times people don't understand when your quarterback coach is now calling the plays, the quarterback and the quarterback coach spend so much more time than the quarterback and the OC because they're running your meetings. So I think that Joe Brady knows exactly
4: how Josh Allen ticks, and it's a it's a good 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 fit. He's uh, Chase Daniel, his show on YouTube, the Chase Daniel Show, and of course uh, won a Super Bowl with the Saints. When did you guys find out? That Sean Payton was going to have an onside kick in that Super Bowl.
8: Yeah. So Thomas Moore said he was a rookie uh, and he was our punter, but was doing kickoff duties. So we call him the Leg, like like he's he's awesome, like one of my best friends, and we know each other for a while. And he had been practicing this crazy, crazy kick all year long. And I'm like I'm like Thomas, what are you doing? Like he's sitting the ball on a tee and he's kicking the right side of the ball, so the ball spins like a top. So he was doing it, and it would spin like a top to 10 yards, and it would come back five yards to us. And I'm like, Thomas, like, what are you doing? First of all, how did you figure out how to do that? He's like, man, I was just practicing. Like, like, like <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty freaking cool, man. Like, you're able to spin a ball on they, its side. They have a lot of free time, yeah, let's it's like be honest it's here. Like, it's like special teams run laps, right? Like Waterboy. Yeah. Like, it's like one of those things. But so he was practicing it, and I promise you, like, about fifteen percent of the time it worked. Like it wasn't working a lot, but when it worked, it was like a thing of beauty.
4: And I remember that whole week. And um But how many of you guys knew that you were gonna have an onside kick? Well that's, that's yeah, I mean start the second half.
8: Yeah. Literally we went we went in at halftime and we weren't playing really well. And we had received and we were kicking the ball off, and Sean literally right before we go out, first of all, the halftime's like twenty minutes. It's it's much longer. Yeah. We install the the plays, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, we're doing ambush," and we're like, "Oh my god, that's what it's called." And we were like, "No way." He's like, "Yeah, we're running ambush. Let's go." And we're like, "Okay, <laughs> like this is either gonna be really good or really bad." And honestly, if you remember, the scrum for the ball was insane. Like it wasn't some ink basket. I think had it, and one of our guys, yes. Yes. one of our guys stole it. From them, and they gave us the ball, and we ended up, I think, kicking a field goal or scoring, and and the rest was history. But one of the coolest things ever. I mean, like, I was a rookie when we won the Super Bowl, and I was behind, obviously, Drew Brees and Mark Brunell. So, like, the age gap between me and Brunel was, like, almost 20 years. And I was literally just, like, the coffee boy. Like, hey, go get me coffee. <laughs> like, go do this. Like, like seriously. And, and, and I was I was happy. Hey, hey, look at the red zone and draw up some plays they never but, used. But you got to They're suit busy. up. I got the suit up and in and and, and and in the playoffs they have this playoff roster that they set in all three games. Obviously, like you're gonna dress three quarterbacks. And um, so yeah, when Tracy Porter picked off Peyton Manning and ran it back for the pick six, like it, it was just like pure elation on the sideline. Like like just it was the coolest feeling in the world and been trying to catch that feeling the rest of my career, fourteen <laughs> years, and not even close. Like like I've been a part of some really bad playoff losses like uh, Minnesota Miracle we were on the I was on the sideline for that and I thought that was maybe our best uh, team uh, so we were on we were the chiefs at Indianapolis Colts and that was the playoff game where they came back from 27 down so second largest comeback in playoff history. that was the Andrew Luck jump into the end zone game and then the LA Chargers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. They came down. They came back from 28. It was the worst comeback loss of all <laughs> NFL history. So, like, I have not been able to, like, I've been a part of some crazy playoff. Lot, and just goes to show you, like, how Wait, hard it is. You playing. weren't on the Lions this year, were you? No. 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 Okay. Yeah, that was, not yeah, you know. Those four downs. 24-7. Yeah, not good. 24-7. Not good. Uh, prediction? Oh man. Um look, I, it's just hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So I'm going to go I think the Chiefs are going to win it. I'm not going to give you a score cuz honestly it doesn't matter, but um the way I think the way that the Chiefs offensively right now are playing, it's finally starting to match their defense. Their defense has played well all year long. Only team in the NFL this year without giving up 30 points. Um and I just think that the defense for the 49ers isn't as great as the defense for the Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs end up taking it.
7: Yes, Paulie. I Just to be fair to our next guest, Dan Orlovsky, I got Orlovsky career, 15 touchdowns.
4: Yeah, more eight. than me. And how many does Chase have?
7: Chase, I got you. Is it eight? It's eight or right. nine? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you nine. Wait,
4: you can't nine. say eight or. Did you say eight or
7: nine? I don't know.
8: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not it's not above ten. So he's he's obviously. You should out. know every receiver you threw a touchdown pass to. Oh, man, the first one I ever threw, which uh, is is awesome, Dexter McCluster. And it wasn't, and it wasn't even a honestly like it shouldn't have been a touchdown pass. It was on the three yard line, and we threw like a little bubble screen, and he walked in. I was like, oh, that's cool, but that's it wasn't the, like was li- it wasn't some like sixty <laughs> yard bomb that you dream of.
4: It's just like okay, you do the work, so it was, it was fun. Was Dexter out of Ole Miss? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dexter Deuce Deuce, Deuce. like number twenty two. Deuce Deuce, yeah. Yep. yeah. All right, okay, absolutely. Uh, thanks again for yeah. all your contributions this year. Yeah, we learned a lot. And we appreciate you uh, making yourself available. Always great to see you. It's been fun to be on. He is uh, Chase Dan. Daniel. Dan Orlovsky will join us coming up next. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Hey, gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental wealth podcast. And every week, We will have on leaders from sports, entertainment, like Sean McVeigh, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milette or John Gordon. We've all been through some sort of adversity. To get to the top, we've all used different tools. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer and Mental Wealth Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts
4: Bad. I mean, more dad jokes. Come on. Way to sell it. Way to sell it. For <laughs> me. Las Vegas dad jokes. Is that what we're doing That's what here?
5: What they are. They're like bad Las Vegas dad jokes.
4: Okay. So we'll do those after Dan Orlovsky comes yeah, by. Yeah, i
5: leave if I start reading. Well, them. I
4: don't want to do it when Montana and Dion are here because that wouldn't go over well. It would. Okay. We'll so go with
5: your lead on that. At,
4: at the at the end of the hour, you'll do your dad jokes. Fair enough. Like, once again, would you give us just a sampling of what the audience can expect with the bad? I mean, I, the dad. Jokes, Las Vegas. Okay, I get it too, and I guess I'm over two. So you far. are over two. The audience is going to let you know right away, Todd.
5: Okay, what does an emperor do in a Vegas restroom? What does an emperor do in a Vegas restroom? Okay. Royal flush. Okay, royal well, flush. <laughs> Come on, a little bit. It, wow.
4: Courtesy flush, courtesy laugh is what that was. What's going right on there? with these guys? They're they're not. They're not with you they're today. Like I told, you, like my I told you this is the mean-spirited... This is one of the toughest audiences we've had, Todd. What yeah. do
5: the French like to say at the casinos? One more quickly. What do the French like to say at the casinos? Parlez-vous Francais. Parlez. Look at
6: oh, my
5: God. Isn't that a thing when you have to get, like, five in a row things?
4: Wow. They're not saying bloop. They're saying boo. Yes, Seton. turns out... It's not just us. <laughs> That's amazing. How yeah.
5: could such a large group have no sense of humor at all? It's so strange to me.
4: See, people, people always say that I pick on they you. Did. And what just happened? Yeah. I this guess. audience of 16,000 people because just like, turned no, you on you.
5: It. They're like, Dan doesn't like it, so I guess none of us are supposed to like it. He makes fun of him. We all should make fun of him. I know how this works. Don't you think, a little bit? They kind of follow your lead. You're Dan Patrick. If he thinks it's funny, we'll laugh. If he thinks it's stupid, Okay, try it again.
4: I'll give you an honest answer here, honest response, and we'll get to dinner or
5: What's a menage a trois you don't want to participate in? How are these dad jokes? It's my dad jokes. What's a, what's a menage a trois you don't want to participate in? Three-way craps. <laughs> That's a thing. I looked it up. I looked at gambling terms. <laughs> Casino terms. You don't want to be involved in three-way crap. Let's not... say
4: hello to Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, part of NFL Live, and, of course, former quarterback. NFL Live is in Vegas. It's Dan, Marcus Spears, it's Ryan Clark, Mita Kimes, Laura Rutledge, and uh, they'll be uh, in action at 4 Eastern on ESPN. Or <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, what the hell am I doing? Dan is calling the Super Bowl along with Lewis Riddick and Chris Fowler for ESPN's audience in Australia and New Zealand. Say hello to Dan Orlovsky of the mothership here. Yeah, you gotta follow that, Dan. Good luck. So, yeah. Good luck with uh, that <laughs> Yeah. You just gave me a
9: look. Yeah. It's not pleased. I don't know me. what's better. I that I get to follow those dad jokes, or I'm thankful that you didn't put me after Dion Sanders and <laughs> Joe, Joe Montana. Montana. <laughs> hey, it's Dion, Joe Montana, and Orlovsky.
4: <laughs> Alright? But you've had to fight for credibility, right? When you don't have name recognition that some of these other guys. But sure. if you were giving advice to a player who maybe didn't have that All-Pro status or Hall of Fame status of how do you get noticed and how do you move up in the ranks here?
9: Uh, I think two things. Number one, you have to figure out a way to do something or bring something that no one else is. You know, that was part of when I got started in 18 was breaking down the tape and making it... You know, I guess digestible for the public. No one was really doing that. At least at that time. I know years ago it was Jaws and, and in many ways. So I think like on a daily basis I was able to do that. So you have to find something that no one else is capable or at least doing and and bring it to the audience to either educate them or entertain them in some capacity on a consistent basis. I think the second thing is is you gotta every day show up. You know, there's a there's a consistency that people i think gravitate towards that they want almost on a regular basis that they can bank on like hey i'll get something from this person that that i'm interested in uh, on a i don't know if it's daily but it feels like a daily basis nowadays i think the third thing one of the things that someone told me when i got started was you got to say stuff i i never agreed with that and i still don't what does um, that
4: mean you got to like, be you critical gotta be,
9: you got to be willing to say stuff like or say some takes yeah. I, I, I the way I look at it is like you have to you have to have the courage to be wrong. Like you gotta you gotta be convicted with the things that you're gonna say and you gotta be okay with being wrong. Because if you're not okay with being wrong, you're never gonna strain to be right. People like when, when people are right, you know, and so um, I think like the whole well just say anything, eventually that becomes a background noise to, to folks. But when you say things that you're convicted about, or that you believe in, and whether it ends up being right or wrong, I think that at least grabs pe- people's attention more, more on a, on a, on a
4: consistent basis. What's the uh, one comment or diagnosis, to criticism? Are, are you still hearing from fa- you know when fans come after you? Is there anything that you said that is still hanging there?
9: Um. Yeah. I mean, I went on. I went on a Wench train for, you know, two years, like thinking that Carson Wentz was going to be a, a longtime high, high level player that I was pretty adamant about. Um, so that's one that, like people say, consistently. I thought Fields this year would play at an MVP type of level. That didn't happen for Justin. So but as far as like my job, it's probably the Carson stuff.
4: Yeah, but you're not alone in those things.
9: No, no, and I honestly I honestly thought, like, Carson Wentz was going to be a superstar. I-, I thought that he would be kind of what Josh Allen has become in many ways, just a, a, like a game. A but guy if he that, didn't
4: have that knee injury.
9: Yeah, if he didn't have the knee injury, there's obviously a lot of conversation about the, I guess, like the type of leader he was in Philadelphia once he got the contract or the, the, the locker room personality or the way that he handled his guys. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of reports in regards to that. But if he didn't have the knee injury, I mean, he was – Playing at a ridiculous level.
4: But how does money not change, certainly, these quarterbacks? When you're making $40, $50 million a year, and then you got, you know, the guys who are protecting you, you know, they might be making a couple million dollars a year. Is there, how much jealousy goes with that, do you think?
9: Uh, there's as much jealousy as the quarterback allows. You know, I, I think there's two things in that question. One, quarterbacks are just very different. You know, we are. Most of us, when we start playing the position, one of the things you hear all the time is, you gotta, you gotta get your teammates to do things for you, you know? And that's the whole, when you're in the huddle, look at them in the eye and, and the way that you call the play, get them to believe that the play is gonna happen. And then, you know, after practice, be the person who's there the latest doing the extra work and, you know, have the, be the person who's out at practice the earliest and getting in extra work. And so, you know, like when your teammates are seeing that, that they then believe that you don't believe that you're better than him. I always said this, or being around Peyton just for a little bit and then being around Matthew for a while, those guys had this unique ability to be two people at the same time. Like, they unquestionably knew that they were the guy. Like, when they walked in the room, the room changed. It, you just felt their presence. They knew that they were the face of the franchise, the billion-dollar CEO, all that. And they also, at the same time, wanted you as the teammate to believe, I want to be just, just like you. I want to be just one of the guys. And they went out of their way all the time, in practice, out of practice, at lunch, at dinner, on road trips, whatever, to just be one of the guys. And, and so,
4: Well, Brady would go out drinking with the offensive linemen yeah, early in his career.
9: Yeah, I think that's a conscious thing. I do. Like, I, I think eventually it just becomes part of – Yo, know, your personality and who you are, but I do think it's a conscious thing because, you know, a lot of times in the weight room, perfect example, you have these offensive line that are pushing or pulling just a gajillion pounds, and you're over there doing band work or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like eventually your team is gonna be like, "What are you doing, dude?" Yeah. Or like when your your teammates are running sprints and you know killing themselves, and you're over there like doing you know eighty percenters on the sideline type of thing. So you have to go out of your way to make sure that you. You know, make that, that conscious effort to be like, no, 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 this is, it takes all of us, you know, and your teammates have to truly, truly believe that. And then with the money thing, it's just how you treat them. You know, it's just, it, it, I don't think it's that complicated. If you treat them the right way and you make them... Very aware of, like, no, no. I know I can't do any of this with you guys. You know, and the buy them
4: good gifts. Too. Buy them good
9: gifts. The way that you you take care of them, you, you take them out to dinner on, on on road trips. You you handle, you know, their families the proper way. Like, there's there's ways that those guys, those guys are all all they want is to go kill themselves in the field for you. That's all those guys are, are wired like that. I just I just want, they 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 just want one of those the a leader to just pull them along and um so i think if you're conscious of that it's not it's not as difficult as we make it seem
4: okay when you were playing did you ever get in the huddle call a play that you truly believed was not going to work I, Dan, i played for the O 16 lines dude <laughs> Uh, yeah, most of them, but but you have to have this, you know, this authoritative voice. Did you ever go? Right, I'll give you a couple stories? seventeen? I on
9: two, <laughs> maybe. I've given you the run out of the end zone story, haven't have I not? With that, the the in the moment, so that was uh, at, at Minnesota. It's the, I think the second quarter. I want to say it's my second or third drive of my NFL career. You know, where I'm on the road. The are two defensive tackles. Pat Williams and, and um, Kevin Williams are just like monster humans. So it's third and I want to say 10 or 12 from like the four yard line. Let's say that. Play call comes in. Immediately I go, no, this play call is not going to work. <laughs> it was a one man route, just to Calvin. Everybody else is in protection. So I call timeout, go to the sideline. I'm like, hey, I don't, this play is not going to work. I know Minnesota is going to play cover two. Hey, can I just get the ball out of my hands? Our passing game coordinator, because we had a run game coordinator, a passing game coordinator, was like, no, we're just going to keep the play on. And I'm like, all right, sweet. <laughs> play happens. Jared Allen splits the double team. I run out of the back of the end zone. So that was that moment where I knew so it was going to work. So the
4: coaching staff's fault, not yours.
9: <laughs> it takes all of us. It takes all of <laughs> it us. takes a
4: village. Yeah, yeah. It takes a village. That's
9: one. Um that
4: play never stayed with you, though, after it, though. That's what's good about it. Yeah, Everybody no, forgot I, all about it. I don't about... get reminded <laughs> of it
9: consistently. I've had a coach... Uh, fall asleep on the headset you know, during the game, like in middle of drive, fall asleep. I've had a coach call a play that was no longer like part of our actual offensive acumen. It was one from his old past. He called the play, and you know, I was like, we don't even have that formation or, or language. You're, you you got to be thinking of something else. Wait, wait,
4: go back to the coach falling asleep. Fell asleep. How does that happen? He's old. He was old. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. well, so am I, but I don't fall asleep on the show. You're we probably down
9: 24 to nothing or something. Uh, he was old. <laughs> and <laughs> legit, legit, we were in between. So the, the other team had ball. Change of possession happens. We get out, TV timeout, call first down. First down happens. Don't remember exactly what happened on the play. Second down comes crickets. Nothing. 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 Asleep up in the press box.
4: Damn. NFL. Yeah. Welcome to the big time, there, yeah. Danny. <laughs> Can I go back to UConn. <laughs> um, the defense you would want to face between these two. Is would or would not. Would. Oh, San Francisco. You want to face them?
9: Oh yeah. I want no part of Kansas City. Kansas City's defense is re- remarkable. San Francisco's defense isn't the 2019 49ers defense. You know, I think that's been something that has been lost a little bit this week is it's a little bit around the, the Brock Purdy conversation. Jimmy Garoppolo was good in 19. That defense was spectacular. Yeah. And that defense was one that you couldn't run the ball against because the, the coverage that they played, they had too many humans down near the ball. You couldn't throw against them. Playing against that defense was like, you know, one of the early defense, when I got into the NFL, I remember playing against the Bucks and the Bears. And they played two coverages. They played cover two and cover three, and you knew exactly what they were in. And as a dummy going into it, you're like, Pfft, I know exactly what you guys are doing. This is going to be easy. And then the ball gets snapped. You're like, my goodness, you guys move so fast. <laughs> that was San Francisco in 19. Okay. You just couldn't do anything. They suffocated you. Um, they're not nearly as dominant at, up front this year. You know, um, I don't think that they cover on the back end at, at the speed that they did. Obviously, Fred and, and Greenlaw are still playing at a wildly high level, but just the, they're not connected as they were in 19. I think there's holes in their second year. I think pat this is a game that Patrick is like 75% completion. I think he can like death by a thousand paper cuts them. Kansas City defense is one that like lines up with the middle finger at you and says, here it comes you know like
4: we're 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 gonna play physical at the line of scrimmage. that's not the official formation though Just no, yeah. the, you know, yeah.
9: it might be let's um, uh let's
4: go middle finger here, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
9: <laughs> but like they 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 beat you up all eleven of those guys beat you up, Sneed wants to beat you up at the line, they're fast, they're physical, and they make you think they you don't necessarily know what they're gonna be in, and if you get to second and obvious passing or third and obvious passing situation against them, good night.
4: So you like the Chiefs?
9: Yeah, I think the Chiefs are a better football team. Um, I think that if, I think I heard Chase kind of referencing this.
4: But let me say, is San Francisco's offense better than Kansas City's defense? No. Okay.
9: No. Um, San Francisco's offense, if you're going to play, I've, I've, the thing that I've talked about this year with them is they're difficult to play zone against. You don't want to play a ton of zone against San Francisco. You want to man them up. Just because you can man Debo up a little bit here and there if you got a good nickel and he's smart, tackles well. Ayuk's a really good route runner, but if you're physical with them at the line, that's advantage just because of timing. You gotta be able to cover, cover Kittle. I think Reed can do a consistent job against that. So not that he's not gonna lose some of them. And one of the things that San Francisco's offense is, you know, like they constantly, you know, check your eyes on defense. Like, hey, we're gonna set a formation here, and then we're gonna shift, and then we're gonna have people going out there, and you're looking at all these different things, and then it's a great, it's the great illusion. I've called Kyle and and Sean McVay that for years. They're the great illusionists. So, I think man coverage minimizes that a little bit, and I think that's advantage Kansas City.
4: The best tight end on Sunday will be.
9: Kelsey, again, that's part of the matchup. You know, I think Kelsey's got an advantageous matchup in that in that situation. One of the things that's been interesting, Kansas City's become so game plan specific in the playoffs. Like they just have one very kind of finite thing that they've realized. Okay, we're gonna do this a ton against Miami. It was three level throws against uh, Buffalo. It was run at Taron Johnson, the Buffalo nickel against Baltimore. It was getting four strong in a formation. So I think they'll have something for you know Kelsey that they feel that they can run a, a, a bunch, and that, that'll that be an
4: advantage for them. Uh, he once made one of his uh, coordinators fall asleep while he was playing quarterback. Did you ever think they that maybe... that around on me? I did. That maybe the coordinator's like, oh, this is so boring. <laughs> Orlovsky again? <laughs> uh, wake me when it's over. No, is he still in there? Yeah. <laughs> You can uh, you can see more of Dan with Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark, Mina Kimes, Laura Rutledge today and Friday at four Eastern on the Mothership. And you're calling the Super Bowl with uh, Chris Fowler and Lewis Riddick for Australia and New Zealand. And do you have an accent? Do you have an Australian or New Zealand accent? Yeah,
9: right? you know what? I tried to do that one time and I got the Matumbo. Like, don't do that, dude. Because if you do it wrong and they don't like it,
4: yeah, they're gonna let you Not the know.
9: type of not the type of people you want to make upset. And
4: don't do any shrimp on the Barbie thing, okay?
9: Do I come across as somebody who would?
4: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I won't. Thank you, Dan. Dan Rolonsky, you everybody. Take a break. We're back after this. Joe Montana and Dion will join us in the final hour.
0: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Contributed quite a bit to the show throughout the year. So did Chase Daniel. Oh, thanks. And the ESPN PR people have to put up with Fritzy all the time when he's calling. Uh, Derek from uh, PR with ESPN. And uh, he's quite familiar with your phone calls there, Fritzy. I <laughs> could be a bit of a pet. And emails, yes, all of those things. I try there. to be
5: tactful. Though.
4: Yes. You know, I was wondering about this that we go back to our first Super Bowl that we covered after I left ESPN. We were in San Diego. And uh, we had Hugh Hefner on as a guest, I think,
7: back then, didn't we? Correct. He was staying at the hotel. And the poll question that day was, is Hugh Hefner the coolest American of all time? And the answer was yes. <laughs> and and he... yes.
9: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I said to him, is, is heaven going to be a letdown for you? He laughed. Yes, <laughs> he did. Um, and, you know, when you think back on that, Barrett Robbins, the Raiders starting center in the Super Bowl, went missing. He went missing that week. I mean, here we're trying to say, you know, is Brock Purdy, is he a, a game manager or is, uh, you know, Taylor Swift going to be shown too many times? That was real, that was breaking news there when we were at the Super Bowl. They couldn't find Barrett Robbins, the starting center for the Raiders. Yeah, Paul.
7: I've got the article here. He was a Pro Bowl center. He was one of their better players, and he went missing in Tijuana for a chunk of time. And when we got to work that morning, and the stories, I think Sal Powell called into our show and said, He's missing. They don't know where he is as of this morning. Can you imagine if that happened today with blank player? Yeah,
4: here we are in Vegas where you might go missing. You know? This is San Diego. Nobody's gone missing in San Diego. Unless you're, you know, going surfing or something and you seen him? He's surfing. Yes, Mark. What about
5: UG Robinson? Was oh. that the day before? He had a little issue after winning man of the year. Yeah, he He's was like, in- celebrating. He
4: <laughs> he was NFL man of the year and uh I guess he had a night with the uh, – an escort a lady, of the night. lady of the night lady of the night and uh so that didn't lead up to a lot of momentum for the falcons in that super bowl not that it mattered if eugene robinson didn't get popped for that because they got roughed up in that super bowl yes yes Paul. if
7: you're a niners player or a chiefs player and you're wondering why you're staying 40 miles away from las vegas <laughs> blame eugene robinson <laughs> uh all
4: right hey todd We have a little bit of time for some more bad dad Vegas jokes. Wait a minute, let me... Okay, do we want to just ask the audience if they want any more of this?
5: I hope they would. (laughs) All right, there we go. More chances to boo me, that's what it is. I
4: I think, yes. Okay, here we go. So these are dad jokes, but they're Vegas-themed dad jokes. Hopefully Joe Montana and Deion Sanders won't be listening to this before they get here. Okay, here we go.
5: All right. What's a deformed outlaw on the Strip? What's a deformed outlaw on the Strip? A one-armed bandit. That seems pretty easy to get. I'm surprised you guys didn't get wow, that Ah, too one.
7: soon. Well, a,
5: what? A deformed outlaw on the Strip to be a one-armed bandit.
7: Okay, I don't know if you're. means <laughs> mean spirit.
5: does it that mean spirit? Yeah,
4: with all the one-armed people. That, uh, I'm
5: not making fun of one-armed people, but it's a deformation sometimes. Okay. I mean, sometimes it's an amputation. I don't know. But, I don't but think what, we
4: need to read into it too much. But wait, there's more. <laughs> what but, do you call. I making fun of people who lost an armed.
5: Just, just go. Yeah. No. What, what do you call a stripper who leaps off the stage? A stripper who leaps off the stage. I don't know. Pole vault. (laughs) There you go. That one landed. Kind (laughs) of. Thank you. Next reviews. Okay. okay. What do you call handsome men playing cards together? (sighs) Handsome men playing cards together. Uh, Stud poker. Okay. (laughs) Keeping with that same theme, why is Lady Gaga so successful at the tables? She has a great poker face. <laughs> there you go. Now we're
4: getting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
5: What do you call a pack of cards that got plastic surgery? A pack of cards that got plastic surgery. A stacked deck.
4: Stacked oh, I see. Like what a okay. okay. That okay. Uh, one more. And that's it.
5: Explosive diarrhea around the casino <laughs> bathrooms are affectionately known as... Fridging. is wild.
4: <laughs> All righty. He did it. Yay! Like Yay!